it looks like you're tilted again. It was crazy because I have to go this way mm -hmm. and then I have to bring you back, back around. Mm. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Artist Experience. Our guest today is Pablo De Leon. Am I pronouncing that right? Pablo De Leon. Pablo De Leon. He is a speaker, author, filmmaker, producer, and he has produced four shorts and two full features. Welcome, Pablo. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Writing. Uh, right now, everyone's in isolation, right? So do you think that being in isolation kind of helps or hurts the creative process? I think it just depends on the person. Some, mm. some folks lack creativity. Uh, you know, this is, this is kind of a, a crazy um, idea of, the, you know, thinking it this way. But you think of a guy that's been in prison and they, they become so much more creative when they're in prison. Uh, than they were outside of prison. Right. So it just seems like being in isolation uh, just depends on the person, the way they, the way they see it. And for me, anytime I get into isolation, and uh, any anyway, in, in any way, uh, I always feel like there's so many things that want to come out. So I get into writing, I get into creative mode, I get into like um, you know want to do videos, uh, really start taking more time towards setting up meetings with the other producers, the directors, mm -hmm. some of the guys that I, that I'm partners with to start working on a, on our new project. But I know I can tell you this, yeah. I would have never thought that I would be able to do my own pitch deck and mm -hmm. I did it myself instead. So many folks, you know, go out and they hire someone else. Yeah. But no, I did it myself. And I think I did a very, very good job. <laughs> wow, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it impressed my, uh, you know, entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. I don't know who did this. Who did you hire? You thought I'd hire a, like a line producer of some sort. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a producer, so I did it myself. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way where like, if I'm stuck inside, like right now, yeah. you know, I'm kind of like almost forced to like focus and just get the work done, you know, instead of going out and there's all these distractions and stuff. Whereas, yeah. you know, now it's like <laughs> kind of forcing me to, to focus. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, well, you have that. Not, not everybody. Mm, Some people just yeah. waste their time just, you know, doing other things. Like, yeah. uh, you know, spend most of the time watching movies or things watching that are not YouTube. productive, yeah. smoking weed, <laughs> playing video games. I'm yeah. like, dude, you know, yeah, like YouTube, exactly. Mm. Especially watching YouTube videos on mm, content. It can just, that, yeah. It's just a bunch of lies. Like yeah. All that, you know, uh, that new media stuff. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And, and I'm really blown away because, you know, I have, friends that you know they have uh young kids and mm -hmm. the videos that they watch and i can't believe i mean they actually yeah. buy into this stuff mm. so yeah you got to be careful what you watch so that's it's uh, uh it's very addicting and it starts mm -hmm. very early on nowadays yeah absolutely especially <laughs> during these times you know where uh the media is already enough where there's so much negativity out there yeah and of course everybody gets is on the edge so if you're watching other videos that just keep putting putting out negative content yeah I was like, it's not making it work. I mean, it's not going to help you mm -hmm. to become more confident and motivating towards your goals. You're just wasting yeah. time. I mean, that's, that's good. You know, that's like kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to start this in the first place was, you know, to bring out a little more positivity and, you know, give some people like some value and insight into this industry, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, no, but thanks for okay. having me on the show. I really appreciate yeah. that. I know. You've been, you started this artist experience. I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess let's just dive right into it. Um, okay. The first question is, I guess, talk a little bit about your background. You know, what made you decide to want to become a writer? You know, it's funny uh, you ask that question. It's a very good question, as a matter of fact, just because based on my background, um, 
Um, when my parents migrated to the United States, I mm-hmm. spoke very little English. And no, I didn't speak English at all, so I might even yeah. say a little English. But um, I would have never thought that I would have been an author because of my English barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was immediately put into remedial classes. Right. And, and that was my whole, you know, 12 years of my life yeah. taking remedial classes because mm-hmm. I was a slow learner. I wasn't a fast learner. Uh, I mean, there's certain ways that, you know, kids grow up. And this is something I learned is that everyone learns differently. Yeah. Like yeah. me, you know, you tell me to read. I wasn't, you know, push to read. Mm-hmm. So I was very physically active and I love to stay physically active till this day. But I've learned to also get better at reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to become more knowledgeable if you want to grow as a businessman or businesswoman. You have to invest in yourself. And that means you got to read. Uh, if you're, if you prefer audio, well, of course, you know, books now are done in audio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no excuse yeah, you know, yeah. to not invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I went through a period where, um, back in 08 or even before then, one of my mm-hmm. friends, one of my mentors that really inspired me after a lot of things that I struggled with growing up, I overcame a lot of insecurities. I overcame a lot of, uh, um, you know, adversity and, and, and so forth. So the thing that drove me to want to become a writer was aside from my mentor mm-hmm. was that I wanted my voice to be heard. I wanted to motivate, and encourage other people because I wasn't encouraged. I wasn't right. motivated, wasn't motivated. Um, you know, I played, I had played a uh, professional ball for about a year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't get to play my second year, a full year because I got injured in spring training, but I was around the wrong type of people. And those people, what I mean is they don't pull into you. They just say, no, well, maybe the same for you. Maybe this mm. ain't for you. I was like, well, if it wasn't for me, if I look back now, if it wasn't for me, I mean, if it wasn't, if the, the gift wasn't for me, then I wouldn't have made it at the level that I did. Right. It's just like anything else. Everyone faces circumstance. Everyone yep. faces roadblocks. Everyone gets knocked down. What are you going to do? You know, you yep. got to get back up. And mm-hmm. I just had the wrong uh, circle of friends around me to say, mm. stay down, you know, in an indirect way. Yeah. You know, stop trying. Yeah. You know, it's like, so that really put me in a very depressing mode. And so for quite some time, and, you know, I started writing. Mm-hmm. I started finding other ways to let it out. Yeah. Um, you know, otherwise I was going to let all this anger, you know, just fester mm. and, and just get me down. And, it's unhealthy, and love, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And because mm-hmm. of that anger fester, I channeled it in different ways. I became creative. Because, right. Like we talked earlier, I felt trapped. I felt isolated mm-hmm. in my own body, if you will. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would take this time to really let out your, all your creative skills come out. And if you don't think you have the creativity skill, creative skills, trust me, you have it. You just got to learn to let it out. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you touched upon earlier that um, a lot of people going through this creative journey, just wanting to follow their dreams. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, detractors, the people who, you know, will be negative towards them will be their very own family and friends. You know, they'll like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, in the early stages of my career, especially playing ball, mm-hmm. yeah, those, those, my parents, I mean, my well, mom was very supportive, but my father just wasn't as supportive of, as mom was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been lucky or blessed to have my siblings. You know, they've always looked up to me. I'm the oldest. Yeah. So just by default, they, they look up to me regardless. Yeah. So that's, and when I learned that early on was mm-hmm. that no matter if I, if I did the wrong things, I influenced my, my siblings. Mm-hmm. If I did the right things, I influenced my my my, my kids. I say my my siblings. Yeah. Um, but man, and when I took notice of that, mm-hmm. that's when I started making better decisions mm-hmm. and, and wanted to be a more positive role in their lives. 
Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about like the the whole creative process. I mean, like for me, I have like a dozen ideas a day, right? I'm sure that's yeah. the case for a lot of people, you know. Um, so I guess the question is, how do you focus on one idea? Take you take one idea and say, I think this could go somewhere. I think this is like worth pursuing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, two other projects that are just on the, on the back burner, mm-hmm. but I have other projects that um, that right now they, I've kind of moved them to the front line, just because you know when you look at the budgets, which one's going to cost you more? You got to look at from that angle. Yeah. The other two is you got to look at from the business side. Is this a film that will sell now? Mm. Or, you have to ask yourself: Is this a passion? The film you wanted to do is a passion project or is it a business project? Mm. Uh, and they're both, of course, should be in, in something that you're passionate about because at the end of the day, if you're a creator, if you're a filmmaker, you're doing what you love, right? Yeah. Now, it may not be the particular genre or your passion project you want to do. Like, for example, I want to do a baseball film. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to, I want, I won't give the title uh, just yet, but um, it's something that it's, it's been in my heart for a while. Mm-hmm. But when I understood the business, the film, that film just doesn't, doesn't do well right now. It's very mm. borderline. So you better do it right. Right. So not to say there's not an audience for it, but it's not going to do or be as effective as a film that actually sells, like a holiday film. Right. Gotcha. And so, yeah. And and I'd rather do a holiday film anyhow. And I never thought I would do that either because I wanted to be more of an action character. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I, I won't later on, mm-hmm. but I will. Um, but so, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it is the um, executives. A lot of it is the the market at the moment. Exactly. What's trending? What sells? Yeah. Um, if you're doing what you love. It's, it's right up your alley. So just do what's best for the market because you got to eat. You got to right, make right. money. Exactly, you know, exactly. I, and I know, I, know, I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not doing this for the money. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you should be doing it for the money mm-hmm. because that's what you want to do for a living. Right, and right. So, and, you know, just like a, another job, a guy wants to be a firefighter, he becomes a firefighter because he wants to be a firefighter. He loves yeah. to do that. As a filmmaker, you know, you should be able to make a living and do what you love. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's a balance between... Mm-hmm. Being able to create something that you enjoy versus something that can be marketed, can be, can make money. Right. Absolutely. I will tell you the artist life does take time. It is a mm-hmm. process. Yeah. You have, you know, just like anything else, you know, you, 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 you know, this, I'll probably know this, that every business for it to really skyrocket, you have to be least stable for five years. Mm-hmm. And that's like the breaking point. And I didn't believe that. I think I could make my breaking point in one year or two <laughs> yeah. years, but it is the truth, you know, uh-huh. it, it takes time. Yeah. Any business that you start, it takes time. And the artist's life is no different. Yeah. Now, if you get a break before then, great. Uh, but it does take time. And right. you got to put in the work. Mm. I, will, I will tell any artist out there, do not depend on your casting directors or your, or to get up there quick. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, that's going to take a lot longer. If you really want to advance quick in this industry, yeah. you got to learn to create your own content. Mm. And that's what I did. Right. Real quick. <laughs> so you yeah. can't count on any miracles or anything like that. You just got to put in the time and the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I learned from a mentor and this, and I came up with my own quote that you mm-hmm. know, if you, if you place your destiny in the hands of someone else, you may never get that opportunity. Mm. So you have to be your own creator. You have to be your own. Um, you have to create your own destiny. Right. Right. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and then, you know, you'll start attracting other people, that will give you opportunities and that's mm-hmm. when, but you got to show what you can do. Right. Right. Cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the, uh, process in which like, say you have an idea and 
mm-hmm. that idea, how does that idea the process, you know, of that going from just not an idea to like a whole movie that's being like sold and watched by people? Well, um, first I come up with the idea. Then I start developing or connecting, networking with a team, mm-hmm. uh, putting a team together because you need a team. You can't do it by yourself. Uh, and, and develop a team that sees the same vision you see. Right. Um, and it's, and it's, again, that takes time. You have to network. Uh, you talk, well, when I say network with a team, developing a team, we're talking about a, an editor. We're talking about the cinematographer. Yeah. We're talking about a producer. Uh, and if you get lucky and get in, around to where you can network with somebody who's an entertainment attorney, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, even entertainment attorneys are looking for content because they, they get in on becoming a, a producer, executive producer on your project. If they see that mm. you can create quality content, yeah, they will very well support your idea and they will make it on the back end with um, uh, when the film gets picked up by the studios. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So once you, and that's what I, I've done. I, I've, I've attracted that opportunity. So right. I've been able to, to get that and blessed to have uh, my entertainment attorney, but not just not just one, but two. Mm-hmm. And one of them is on my team. So I'm really glad about that. And you got to have those guys on your team. Is it? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just, the reason I say this because yeah. just when you get into the distribution and mm-hmm. uh, negotiations, I mean, you can get, they'll, they'll take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, it's developing a team. You know, developing you a team. Idea. Yeah. Start the idea, but you got to create a vision, like a cover, a script, mm-hmm. you know, or something that really is attractive to, that, that, that will pull a team to, to, your, to uh, your project. Because that's gotcha. what I do. When people saw my project, like, oh, dude, I want to be a part of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And so, and that's when um, I've been able to package that thing together. Is it like the same team every time or you? No. Okay. No, like when I did Ghost Note, you know, I had mm-hmm. a friend reach out to me because we worked on a film called uh, um, uh, The Ugly. It was a mm-hmm. short film. So when we did Ghost Note, the, my first full feature, mm-hmm. uh, I invested in that. He reached out to me and I became one of the executive producers. Mm-hmm. But since we worked together, so I invested in being a part of that, and I had an acting role mm-hmm. in that. Um, of course, I'm not going to invest if I don't have an acting role in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've been paying for. I'm paying yeah. not only to have content, make money, but also to get my face out there. Yeah, as you're well. trying to get out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's the way I look at it. You're investing in your own brand. Okay. So, but the people you're going to invest in, make sure they produce quality content mm-hmm. because that's important. If you ever want to become an eight list, yeah. You don't want people to see you as a D, C list quality films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was a different team. Uh, mm. That was Skyclad Productions. Okay. The, the the second full feature, Natural Hair, the movie, is with uh, uh, Grind Over Matters. Mm-hmm. And, and then I started mine, which is Loose Legal Films, which I'm working on a project that I packaged together mm-hmm. through Loose Legal Films. Okay. Can you mm-hmm. kind of talk about the role of a producer? Because I think a lot of like people hear that and they hear like, oh, this uh, movie was produced by so-and-so or by a certain company, right? But they don't really know mm-hmm. like what the producer, uh, what they actually do, you know? Can, can you talk a little bit about it? Uh, every producer is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have, you have line producers uh, also. Line producers handle a lot of your budget. A lot, they kind of determine where, where the money's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, they also handle like the contracts, the agreements and so forth. The producer, like what I did is I, I put a pitch deck together. Uh, I was able to do that. Um, I think about locations. You know, I, I do like, like I look where I'm going to shoot. So I try to get the permits, reach out to the city. Like I want my film that I want to do is in San Antonio. 
So I reached out to the San Antonio um, uh, Film Commission, and they gave me all these. Uh, I can get certain incentives, and or the permits. That's who you reach out to to get that. So that's what a producer's role does. Okay. Huh. Some yeah. Some sometimes there's other guys that want to be a producer on the project. Yeah. And but so we kind of just spread out the responsibility so that way it doesn't fall on just one producer. Gotcha. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. there can be multiple. And, Absolutely. Okay. You know, if they bring in money, of course, you can just be a contributor. <laughs> contribute. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's 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 your input. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, there, there's a topic I want to touch on a little bit. Um, it's kind of a sensitive topic, so I want to tread lightly. Okay. Um, so you're you're Hispanic. I'm Asian. You know, uh, within the last five to ten years, we've seen a major shift in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Major wave of diversity representation. Do you want to kind mm-hmm. of? I kind of want to just hear like your thoughts on, on all that. Bro, you know, I never, uh, that never crossed my mind mm-hmm. up until, uh, I think a year or two ago, mm. when I started to see how many Latino actors that were actually leading in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen ones besides Antonio Banderas is the one I grew up on. <laughs> yeah. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. And, and then you got Benicio Del Toro that came mm. into the scene doing Sicario. So I was like, man, Benicio del, Benicio del Toro. And then, of course, you had uh, Danny Trejo, who plays Machete. Mm, yeah. Uh, that guy was being typecast, you know, as like this rapist, this <laughs> killer. Yeah. Killer. And he started to, and that's when I started to learn a little bit about, I mean, of course, I learned it a little early on before he did. Uh-huh. He learned it years later. I learned it really early on about what it means to be typecast. Yeah, so, yeah. So he started brand himself, but I'm glad that I learned early on because I didn't want to be the Mexican lawn guy. The leaf blower guy, yeah. The dishwasher, yeah. The Mexican gangster, yeah. Or you know, because of my smile, yeah. I grew up before I even started my acting career, yeah. You, do, I don't know, you were too young for uh, for the chip show. Remember? Uh, I don't know. If you uh, chip I, I know Estrada. the reboot. I know the reboot. Yeah, the reboot. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. So back in the day, it was chips with Eric Estrada. So okay. Anytime I smile, people would say, "Oh, that's Eric <laughs> Estrada right there. You're gonna be the future Eric Estrada." So that stayed with me. So I knew there's one role that I would not take as a mm-hmm. cop role. Because I know that I was going to be labeled as Eric Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't mind years later down the road uh, in my career, but I, I just won't play that role. But yeah. Really? But, you, but you're right. As uh-huh. an Asian guy and as a Hispanic guy, yeah. I didn't see this till you know, about a year or two ago. Mm. But, but honestly, this is just me. Mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, we talk about the destiny. You don't put your destiny in the hands of others. Right. Like the studios. Mm. You know, Tyler Perry did this. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry created his own content, even though he started off on stage mm. and he wasn't getting opportunities. And so he started creating his own. Wow. And yeah. that's exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, if no one's giving you the opportunities, then go create your opportunities. Yeah. And that's what I got to say about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you're allowing the the big studios to control you just mentally or um, because you don't see it in films, but then let's create some films. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah, and you know, like now I'm inspired by Ozzy Aroo, who was under the under one of the producers under Tyler Perry for 18 years because mm-hmm. he, became, he trusted him. Mm-hmm. And Ozzy Aroo now owns the largest Latino-owned studio in wow. America, and he bought that about a year ago to uh, in, in Atlanta. So Tyler Perry bought 300 acres mm-hmm. and built nine lots, which is now the largest studio in America, even the, bigger than Hollywood. Yeah. And this guy created his own style. Self-starter. So, absolutely. So mm-hmm. you don't, don't, don't wait for the big students to give you opportunities. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes to what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and make excuses, cry about mm. it? Man, no. Nah, I'm not waiting on nobody. That's my attitude. I like I'm that. Yeah. Nobody. And so Ozzy, I'm inspired by Ozzy Rue because he's the first Latino-owned studio in America and now owns the largest Latino studio in America, which is five lots. Mm. Which is very old. Yeah. So he's doing it big, man. Yeah. So I'm hoping to work with that guy one day. <laughs> I hope yeah. I hope you will. I hope you will. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I've actually already pitched him the prize. I mean, mm. well, I reached out to him. And uh-huh. so we're just because this pandemic really put everything on hold, yeah. you know, with the meetings and stuff. So we were actually supposed to have a meeting on my mm-hmm. project because he is looking for Latino content. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hope it works so, out, man. <laughs> yeah, not, I, I'm not waiting. Yeah. I'm not yeah. waiting. You know? I mean, just like, because this is a pretty complicated issue. Uh, it is. I think about like uh, what Ken Jeong, you know what, you know who uh, Ken Jeong is? He was in uh, The Hangover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy's hilarious. That guy is actually a uh, doctor in real life. Well, he was yeah. a doctor before he, you know, mm-hmm. started acting and stuff. And so when they asked him about it, he was talking about how, I mean, he kind of gets typecast as well, right? He kind of... Mm-hmm he kind of always plays like the weird Asian guy kind of, you know, and it's like, this guy is a real life doctor and they have him playing like the the idiot, you know? Um, And it's like, I don't know. He talked about like how, yeah, it sucks to be typecast. It sucks to be Mm -hmm. stereotyped, but he said like he would rather be there and kind of work his way up. And eventually, you know, he'll have a seat at at the table. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you get your name out there. Now everybody knows who King Jong is because of that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, he's a doctor. He's got money, so he knows how to, <laughs> listen. He can make his own investment and and, and start yeah. his own film if he wanted to. So probably, yeah. He's got listen. He's got more pull and power than we do at this point. But <laughs> mm. you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors out there. He's hilarious. Yeah. But I would have never known that he was typecast. So yeah, I mean, he. I would say he kind of was like he, he does play a lot of like the similar like kind of kooky, crazy Asian guy, but. I, don't know. I actually had on my yeah. film project, the one mm-hmm. I was telling you about, the baseball film, uh-huh. I actually had him oh. on my, yeah, on my ideal cast mm. as the, the pitch, a pitcher, mm. uh, um, you know, coming out of Japan and being a, or, or whatever, you know, that, that comes to the States and he yeah. plays uh, the role of a pitcher. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a comedy film. So. Mm. I think cool. he'd be great at it. I hope we'll get we'll get to see it. And Come I hope on, you Ken get him. <laughs> Ken John, <laughs> if you're too. watching, yeah. we want you. Get here. Give me a call, brother. You see the films. Uh, speaking of which, do you want to kind of, you've produced four shorts and two full yeah. features. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about these projects? Yeah, man, I can. Um, when I first started my acting career, uh, within one month of going to auditions, uh, um, you know, trying to find out how, how do you get an agent, mm-hmm. I started to go on sets uh, and being an extra, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but within the one month, I, like I told you, I'm like, man, this is costing me a lot of headshots that they throw away. Yeah. This is costing me a lot of gas. And I was going a lot to a lot of auditions. Yeah. And they were sending me all the way to Austin, right? Mm. This is not only does it cost you gas, but you also cost you food because you got to eat, you know, <laughs> yeah. unless you pack your meals. But I was just buying. And I was like, and if I added all that up, I saw, mm. man, I should be investing in my own film. Mm. Like, th- these guys logical, are taking your yeah. headshots and they're just throwing them away after your mm. audition. Yeah. Yeah, they don't store these guys, <laughs> and uh, you don't get it back. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's the way I that's the way I was processing everything mm-hmm. in my head. So I said, you know, I need to find someone I can partner with mm-hmm. and do a film and do a film, invest in it. 
Yeah. And that's how I, I came across some other actors they were looking to partner with. Uh, and they were wanting to do a film called uh, The Ugly. And that's where I came in. That was my first short that I invested in. And I was mm. in it. And that's actually on Vimeo. Uh, we'll have to send you the links to that. Yeah. Um, then um, one of my friends that I've known for over, um, since uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was over 15 years. Yeah. He connected me with, uh, the, which is the director of uh, Natural Hair, the movie. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, has hit over 2 million minutes, stream minutes viewed. Uh, he wanted to do a short film called It's Complicated, so I invested in that. And that's mm-hmm. how we got started. I got started with Grind Over Matters and developing that, those relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And then we did Wrong Girl with Grind Over Matters, also, also invested in that. Uh, mm-hmm. That was kind of a, a drama thriller. Uh, and, then I, and then I did another short called Sunshine with a, a female director out of LA, out of Hollywood. And she's actually working on a full feature project that I'm also a part of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that right now is still in the works. But yeah, those four shorts that I've done, uh, actually, Sunshine was one kind of already after I did my first two, you know, um, uh, full features. So, if I'm not producing something, I got to produce something, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't go all year dry and not yeah. be doing something and that's how sunshine came into the picture and then um but yeah man i just keep it going keep it going yes sir yeah do you ever do you ever get tired of like moving from project to project writing producing no not really because everything's so spaced out you know Mm. you're you're really wanting to achieve that project you're working on it yeah no it does take time so you want that one project you've been working on to come to fruition Mm. so by the time you finish that you're ready to move on to the next one and so now nah, it doesn't get time because you're hungry for something new. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's just crazy, I think, for most people to think about because when they watch mm-hmm. a movie, it's an hour or two hours long. They watch it. It's done. It's over. They go yeah. home, whatever. Yeah. But these movies, they took like two, three, four, five years to make, you know, people mm-hmm. going in every day. And it's just crazy to, to think about, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Natural Hair, man, we watched it. Oh, my God. So many I can't even think of how many times we watched it, sat down and watched it. So it just yeah. became redundant. Mm. And my director, even he was so ready to move on to the next project, and which we are. So it's on Amazon Prime now. Anyone can watch it. So we're excited. That and uh, Ghost Note also. Mm. I'll link those. Link those in the description. Um, let me let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of uh, this show called uh, Rick and Morty? No. Okay, so it's like a cartoon. Um, it's pretty big. Um, on like uh, Adult Swim, I think whatever um so there was a joke on that show that how uh everyone and their cousins were now pitching ideas to netflix and a lot of shows were getting picked up by netflix so i mean nowadays it just seems like there's so much original content that 10 years ago would have never you know made it on screen and now a lot of it is being picked up by streaming services amazon prime that sort of thing i mean is it that easy to to pitch an idea to netflix Look, it's a lot easier than than the studio, the major studios when it was only five mm. of them. I think you know the big five, that's what they call them. Yeah. Uh, Universal Studios, Paramount, Lionsgate. Um, I forget the other two, but <laughs> it's a lot easier to pitch because there's so so many other streaming websites. Not not just Netflix. You got mm. HBO. You got you got uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon you got Prime, uh, yeah. yeah. You got Hulu. You have uh, Apple TV. Dude, there's so there's countless <laughs> there's so streaming many. websites. Yeah. So it's yeah. a lot. You have a lot more opportunities now than you would have had 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, social media has totally changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no excuse why anybody who does a, you know, a film 
mean, I can't stress enough, produce quality content, have good lighting, good camera, good sound, you know, I mean, cast, you got to have filled the roles with the right cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just put anybody. That means you can't just get your buddies. You know? <laughs> yeah. and if you, no, if you want to get your buddies in, great, but yeah. make sure you write them into the script that fits their personality. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Yeah. But if you're just putting in, you're just going to say, I'm going to pick you and then just put you as that role. But his personality doesn't fit. You got to look at it from that angle too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to the pitching, it, it is a lot easier because like we did natural hair, the movie. Okay. If you, if so many people don't understand the distribution side and here's what I mean by that. Like films, like if I wanted to get my film on Netflix, mm-hmm. they want to see numbers. They want to see how many numbers or how quick can this, I mean, how well can this film generate? Right. So a lot of these films that make it to theaters, it's because mm-hmm. somebody invests lots and lots of money to get right. all this, the rain on the space to mm-hmm. do it. So if, it should, if, so if the film sells, you know, $50 million and mm-hmm. like in the opener, yeah. and then it goes on to produce more. Then yeah, Netflix is going to say, you know what? We want to license that film to our, our you know, we need some new content on our yeah. uh, platform. So they, that's what they base it on. Or they go out and just create new content. They fund your film, your film project. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is, I'm guessing it's a lot harder than just sending an email to somebody, right? There's a lot more that goes into it. Cause you've, you've pitched ideas to studios and to Netflix, mainly. Netflix. Yeah. 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 And I, and I go the route where I want to do the legal route. Mm-hmm. That means that when you have, like my entertainment attorney, sends it to the, um, the aggregators. Mm-hmm. And then the aggregator sends it to Netflix. Is this a film that they can sell? Is this a film that would do well? And they base it on the analysis on, because uh, mine's a holiday film. So they, that's the first thing they're going to look at. What's the genre? Yeah. You know, and because the genre, there's a formula here on film. If you want to mm-hmm. figure out a film that sells, it's, the formula is the genre plus talent equals money, right? Yeah. <laughs> genre plus money equals talent. And that's what uh, most investors want to know. How am I going to make money? Yeah. How am I going to get my money back? Mm. And so they got to look at, you got to look at from the genre. So horror films sell, holiday films sell. Um, what's the other one? <laughs> A religious film sell, believe mm. it or not. Interesting. They sell. They Never would have thought about well. that. Huh. Oh man, they sell. They sell a lot. That's why uh, Mel Gibson did The Passion, man. <laughs> so he made some money. <laughs> he got paid, but yeah, and uh, that, he didn't even have to invest in marketing. In that. Mm. You know, that movie just got out, and the critics marketed yeah. the film, and he made bank. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, comedy is very borderline. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, you can't translate the same humor, English humor, mm. in other countries. It just doesn't translate exactly. the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's why action film so mm. anybody can translate an action exactly movie. exactly you know? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so those are all things you got to think about when you're yes. making these yeah yeah when you're making a business decision that's that's what those you have mm. to think about those things how is it going to make money yeah yeah that's that's mm-hmm. crazy i mean and another thing you mentioned horror comedy those mm. are all genres that are i would assume are cheaper to make than say like transformers or something where you got giant robots fighting and stuff like that yeah that all depends on cast like if you're getting an a-list actor mm-hmm. you know that's going to cost you money yeah um it all depends on, on the genre you choose like with a horror film you don't have to get a big name yeah you just make it scary as hell <laughs> you know that's like you don't need a big name in, in uh, horror films um also locations mm. depends on how many locations you get like i've known a film that it was only two locations 
they filmed it in the room and in the <laughs> backyard and they went to the other side of the house and it made it look like it was, wow yeah looked like there was in the, in the jungle and then you mm. know, the backyard of the house and then and there was inside the house and then yeah, they, they only had one location they used that whole house as <laughs> one location yeah that's awesome so it just depends but if you got to go to a restaurant you got to mm-hmm. go to a uh, sky uh you know uh, one of those uh, big buildings yeah um uh let's see or a bridge oh, i mean all these locations man because you yeah. got to pay transportation mm. and all that stuff so yeah think about that yeah yeah huh those are all you know things you got to think about when you're you know yeah catering food, mm. things like that all, all that stuff safety yeah so if you can write a script yeah and a very interesting script mm-hmm. in one location and and knock it out in two weeks you'll save money because you, mm. you, know, you want to try to keep your budget as low as you can yeah to, yeah to try to get your money back what's what's the budget like uh if you compare like one of these small film projects versus like a marvel movie or transformers or game of thrones oh well that's the, the talent behind the, <laughs> the graphic designs and all that special effects stuff yeah yeah they're, they're gonna they went to school for this so they're gonna want money yeah uh, that's one you know um most guys that uh unless you have some kid that grew up just watching video games and they just start messing around and you mm-hmm. got you came across him and he just knows all about special effects like dude i saw a youtube video of these kids doing war mm. and they he, they just had a friend that knew how to do special effects mm. and dude he could they created some good stuff so interesting i definitely see a good future with if they stay together and yeah. producing good content yeah absolutely so like um uh, two years ago i was at the american film market and I saw this film. Think of uh, um, the movie called uh, The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Okay. This guy was out of Ohio or Idaho. I don't remember. He had four of his kids or five of his kids that he put to school. One of them was a, went to school as a writer. One of them went to school as a director. One of them went to school as wow. a business person. Uh-huh. One of them went to school for special effects. And the film that they showed me, they were all in it as actors. Or two of them were actors. They went to school for acting. And dude, they made that film. I mean, pure quality. Mm. It was like it reminded me of Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. And they shot this in their own on their own land, their own property. They mm. had like uh, I think they had like five acres, mm-hmm. and they shot it all in one location. Hmm. And wow. so he, his kids, they did the whole. Movie. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he was able to make his he dude, he made his movie less than a hundred thousand mm. dollars. It looked like a freaking five ten million or probably thirty million dollar. Wow. Know, Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he didn't have no, he didn't have big names. Mm-hmm. It was it was just the quality. So a lot of it is how do you use the resources that you have? How do you use the talent that you have? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I mean, one of the things that you could do is when you like, especially today, mm-hmm. a lot of these you look for actors that are actually branding themselves, and if they they're on the verge of a big break, but they uh, haven't gotten their break, yeah. and, but they have a good following. Yeah, that helps you market your film out mm-hmm. there. So you look at you before they get too big yeah as soon as they get big you're gonna be paying big money unaffordable absolutely yeah and that's what we did with natural hair uh-huh. we got actors that were they were up and coming yeah even as uh, musicians mm-hmm. we use some of the music in the film mm-hmm. uh before they before they signed with big labels mm. we were able to get like three or four talents of their of their music before they went on signed on with a uh, uh a record label mm. before they <laughs> made it big <laughs> yeah so we got lucky yeah absolutely. yeah those are yeah i mean those, those are all things you got to think about yeah because mm-hmm. now you could find a lot of music quality music mm-hmm. on on youtube on kids that are you know, you know artists that are coming out yeah and they're really well known just through mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. they, and it's crazy 
Uh, and so you reach out to any of those, they would love yeah. their song to be in your movie mm. because it helps them market their music. Right, right. You know what I mean, so you you're helping each other. You know, you help him. Absolutely. He helps you. Yeah. Absolutely, you're able to collaborate. You know, mm -hmm. leverage each other's talents. Mm -hmm. Awesome, man. Um, so one thing I think a lot of people might think is like, what if someone steals my idea? Right. What if I go and pitch a movie? I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? Right, right, so right. What if someone, I go pitch a movie, you know, they turn it down a couple months later, they're coming out with a movie that's basically my idea, except they changed a little bit, you know, will that happen or, you know? It, it can't happen if you talk to too many people. Mm. You know, the best thing to do is, you know, talk less about your project, you know, and if you are going to talk about your project, just like for me, I just, I just, when I talk about my project, I say, oh, it's, it's a holiday film. Mm. I don't, I don't give any more specifics than that. Yeah. I don't give titles. I don't give what the movie's about. I don't give, it's, it's a holiday film and, uh, and it's Latino based. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, of course my film is very, uh, very much has a lot of diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to be one of those, uh, producers that just, it's all one color, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's crazy to think that you live in a world where it's just one color mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to share the beauty of your culture, mm -hmm. but you know, my parents or oh, my family is very mixed, you know, mm -hmm. like I have a brother married a, a Haitian a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of my brothers had married a, an Afro-American girl, but you know, they, they, they divorced. So he ended up marrying a Filipino. And so now mm -hmm. my sister's married a other white guy. So it's like, man. So yeah, we're very much mixed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly how, um, uh, you know, when I wrote my film, I, it's inspired yeah. by close to my personal life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you say you don't say much. Is this to just regular people who ask about it or to the people you're pitching it to? Like the... No, when you're pitching it to, to, to someone, you want to have a pitch deck. Of course, it's going to have mm -hmm. the synopsis, the log line of your film in the project. I mean, in the pitch deck. And of course, the title, right. with the, the movie cover. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are the only ones, but you have them sign an NDA and make sure that your script is copyrighted also. You don't gotcha. want to present any of that stuff until it's copyrighted. Mm -hmm. and, and you also have, um, like me, I've always had my attorneys copyrighted for me, even though mm -hmm. I can do it myself. Yeah. But, you know, it always looks better when you have an attorney do it. Gotcha. You know, if you, I mean, people are gonna look at you different when you're sitting at the table when you have an attorney sitting next to you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna take you a little more serious than yeah. uh, you just coming in by yourself. I'm assuming that's not cheap to get an attorney to work with you on this. Yeah, it's not. But you know, I've been like I said earlier, I've been blessed to be able to have an entertainment attorney that want to partner with me because of the mm -hmm. content, the quality content that I produce, mm -hmm. and these guys want to partner with you. Mm. So we've been able to help each other out like we talked about earlier as a team gotcha mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you share the risk but you also share the reward right deal. yeah and you know we all get paid in, in the back end so that's mm -hmm. everybody wants to work together like i said one of the attorneys is a writer himself and one mm -hmm. of the entertainment attorneys as an actor himself so hey you know <laughs> yeah uh so that's how one of the things that you know they want to get they want to do even though they're an entertainment attorney they also still want to act so yeah you know, and so cool. they partner with people that are creating content. Mm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So that's how yeah. you kind of protect yourself. You make Absolutely. sure, get them to sign an NDA, make sure all your stuff is in order. All your yep. stuff is copyrighted. Mm -hmm. So that's how you protect Absolutely. yourself. Because I had a film, like when I pitched my film project, I had a film that came out, Mario Lopez came out with it. Mm -hmm. Announced it about two, three months ago. One of my friends follows him and he says, hey man, look, he just announced the project. The same 
title that I had, only mine had the movie at the end. Mm. And I'm like, man, so we had to do a serious investigation on it to mm. see if it was stolen. Wow. But it wasn't because mm-hmm. it wasn't by Netflix that it was going to be produced by. It was actually being produced by, uh, oh my gosh, who was it? It was a ha- like a Hallmark film. Mm. So, okay. yeah. So it was, I was like, oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. so I changed the title mm-hmm. for the sake of the pitch because you don't want to film with the same title as someone else is doing. Otherwise, it, you know, the, the Netflix can confuse it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. isn't this film already being done? Yeah. So yeah. They, won't, they won't even look at it. You know what I mean? So I changed the title and we and we submitted it. Mm. So so you guys were kind of a little worried about was it like yes. industrial espionage or something? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, because it can't happen. Mm. That's what, you know that's the other thing that I kind of get worried sometimes concerned about. That's why mm-hmm. I have entertainment attorney that I submit it through mm-hmm. because again you know they'll take you a little more serious as opposed to you submitting it yourself because they will. And they can steal your content. Huh. You know, yeah. it happened to uh, a, a writer. I forget his name, but he pitched the film to I forget what studio, but mm-hmm. it was the same um, production company that produced uh, what's that uh, with Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and yeah. Dumber. Yeah, uh-huh. the writer was driving down the road after five years later, and he looks up and he sees the billboard, with <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, with oh. Jim Carrey's face on it. Huh. And he was like, what the, and of course it went wow. to, you know, he sued the, he sued uh-huh. the production, but after six years of going through court, he only got, he got, they paid him out $6 million, but mm. the studio deals go out and make over a hundred million dollars. Mm. And Jim Carrey got his $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> he got paid. Wow. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff does happen in Hollywood, I guess then. Absolutely. It's crazy mm. because at that time, Jim Carrey was the highest paying actor in Hollywood. Mm. Like yeah, I remember could, those movies were really popular. I, I watched them. <laughs> yeah, while the writer didn't get nothing. Mm, he got six wow. million, but he, yeah, dude, it just sucks because his name will never be on that on that screen. You know, yeah, screen yeah. on screen. Say mm-hmm. he wrote it. Mm-hmm. So he had to settle. Wow. And my entertainment did attorney say this that he said the only sucky thing about that if that happens is that when you sue one of the production companies and then and they know about you, mm-hmm. no one's gonna ever want to work with you. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of sub toothpaste because it's crap. Right? Because yeah, like, dude, that was mine. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting screwed over like twice, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I I just I'm not sure if like most moviegoers even like think about that. Like when they watch Dumb and Dumber, like that was somebody else's idea, hypothetically no. or whatever. You know, like. Nope. Not unless you're <laughs> in the business. That's it. Mm. Yeah, they're paying tickets to be entertained. They don't care about yeah, yeah. what's going on. Hey, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's crazy to think about. But I mean, six million is not bad to get paid. No. But at the same time, you know, he. That's true because a lot of writers only get paid about thousand, two thousand, mm. for the script to get bought. Wow. Yeah, I know it sucks. But once you're a well-known writer, yeah, shoot, you're getting paid a mm. lot over. I'm talking about a hundred million dollars, thirty to hundred million dollars to write a screen screenplay for the major studios. Wow. Yep. I remember uh, I watched this uh, interview with the guy who did Rocky. What was his name again? Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, he wrote uh, Rocky, and so when he was pitching it, yeah. they said they wanted to buy it from him. They kept offering him more and more money, yeah. but his deal was like, you have to cast me as the main character, otherwise, you know, I'm not going right. to sell. That's right. He uh. He, he just, when he saw um, 
they they kept biting. They offered him thirty thousand dollars. I was mm-hmm. like, man, he went from zero to thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, so he kept pushing the button, and it jumped up to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And he said, man, if they jumped to thirty thousand, they <laughs> now went to a hundred thousand. Well, yeah. I'm gonna push the. I'm gonna keep pushing. Mm. And so I think it came. It went up to three hundred thousand dollars. I think so. Yeah. And also got casted. What the and became one of the producers for that project. I, I have to say that he got lucky. He got lucky because they could have just stolen the project, just like what happened mm. to the other writer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he. I have to say he got lucky. That the project wasn't stolen from him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what what would you do if you were, like, in his shoes back then? Like, if they kept offering you, what do you think you would have done? <sighs> Man, you know, that's a good question. Because like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, yeah, it's hard to say like what you would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wasn't offering him a lot mm-hmm. for the script, so I would have to say no, man. I'm gonna, no, I don't think I would have sold it. No, really, especially especially if you're the writer and you wrote mm-hmm. it with the intent that you're going to be acting in it. Yeah, I mean, you you're pretty much writing your own personal life story almost, yeah, into the script almost because he did take content that was like he emulated and when he was writing. He was pulling from or inspired from like George Frazier, Muhammad Ali, characters like that. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with a documentary called The Real Rocky, which is uh, who was it that fought Muhammad Ali? Yeah, he they knocked him, him down the, for a second. Yeah, yeah, he, they called him the Bleeder. And I forget what his real name is, but they did a movie on him. And mm-hmm. so yeah, he and they, he actually sued Sylvester Stallone, mm. and, and they went to court, and, they, and it's, they settled. They told him to settle. It was on ESPN, and they said, mm. "Man, my advice to you, as long as you settle, because." <laughs> There's yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, even 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 Muhammad Ali confronted him on stage at the at the awards. He says, oh, hey, wow. man, he was like, "Where's my money? You owe me some money." <laughs> <laughs> never, never sued. But it's kind of embarrassing when somebody's coming at you like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh wow, that's crazy. Um, because if, yeah, if you watch, if you watch Custom Model, uh-huh. talk when he was talking to Mike Tyson in his young days, mm-hmm. dude, the guy Mickey in the movie that's where it was inspired from because mm. it was like almost word for word mm. wow yeah <laughs> crazy stuff man crazy yeah, stuff man. are there any writers or producers that you look up to that you're inspired by producers uh for sure you know ozzy Ruz is you know top of the list you know him being latino mm-hmm. um actors you know, i have to say um uh, denzel washington mm, denzel. Uh, i think he dude God's phenomenal. Um, even in his late age, you know, Sylvester Stallone was one too. Mm, one yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned him because I was, I would have to say he inspired me to work out just mm-hmm. watching his movies and stuff. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, those, those are the ones that are at the top of my head. Of course that, you know, that guy from a uh, little short guy, if we get his name already from um, Game of Thrones. Uh, Lannister. I think. Lan- uh, one of the Lannisters. Um, he was in that the- Marvel movie as well. Um, uh, God, what is his name? Yeah, gotta Google. Let me Google yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he he's such an inspiring act artist. Did you have you seen Game of Thrones? No, I haven't actually. That's you been something I I kept putting it off, and I so want to watch it, but nine uh, seasons. I watched them all. And I Peter Dinklage. You, Peter Dinklage. There you go. Peter Dinklage. Guy is a phenomenal actor. Mm. Phenomenal man. I, I'm inspired. I would just say I, he kind of surpassed Denzel. In, in my list in terms of being an artist so mm. you just gotta watch him and you'll see what i mean like what what is it about him that you like 
it's the way he um, gives gestures mm. and the way he reacts to every detail of the people, the other actors around him, or what comes out of the mouth of the other actors. His reactions are just creative. Mm. Like, dude, how do you? <laughs> I mean, he had he, and you know, when I did my research on him, he's done a lot of theater acting. I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. So he he wasn't he didn't just come out. This guy yeah. had been investing himself for a long long time. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you see him, you you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he t- he's so detailed. Right. Uh, he'll he'll look this way and he'll just look right at you like this. Yeah. I mean, he's just so uh, creative. And he's, I... going, he's holding he's holding his glasses. <laughs> <wide. laughs> uh, yeah. I did watch an interview with him and. I think he, he talked about how a lot of times um, going back to typecasting, they would oh. offer him a stereotype role and he actually turned a lot of roles down and mm-hmm. he had trouble breaking in because they only wanted to cast him in those types right. of roles. Or was it just a dwarf? Yeah. They wanted to cast him as a dwarf, yeah. Yeah. And that's not how he wanted to be portrayed. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just never got into it. And as it got more and more popular, um, yep. where... You know, everybody, literally all my classmates were, were talking about it. It was just like, for me, I think like as soon as something becomes too popular and mainstream, a lot of times I like to not get into it, if that makes sense. No, I know what you mean. Um, it took time for me to get into the films as well. It mm-hmm. took, I had to push myself through it. And once I got into like season three, mm. that's when it became interesting. Uh, in the beginning stages, just, they're just introducing the characters. They're introducing like the each of the kingdoms, mm. um, you know what's going on. So, and you're trying to catch up and understand. Okay, what's what what is going on? Yeah. And so, it, what, until like you get like four to five, that's when you really start getting hungry mm-hmm. for the next wow. episode, the next <laughs> episode, next episode. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad I watched it uh-huh. until all the seasons were done. Oh, so that's what you did. Okay. Yes, Mm. I can't stand when I watch something and then and they leave you in suspense. Yeah, I'm I'm typically like that too. Like I like to watch it all in one go, where it's like yes, you don't have to wait for yeah for another year. Yeah, another year. I mean, absolutely. That's yeah. I'm going through that right now with uh, with uh, Queens of Queens of the South. Mm. I have to wait a whole year before the next (laughs) season comes out. Like dang. So yeah, they leave me in suspense. So at this point, I took I just took time out. I said, I'm gonna wait till they're all done. Mm, that's smart. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, by the way, man, I forgot to mention this other mm. movie uh, that I'm in. It's a full feature that's gonna probably uh, come out next year. Yeah. Uh, we're looking to end and do a private screener. It's called The Devil's Ring. So it's a boxing film, mm. and we had a lot of big players that are involved in this project. Um, uh, you'll probably see, if you look it up on Facebook, The Devil's Ring. It's okay. Right there. Uh, where he's promoting, you'll see all of the cast that he's pulled in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the old, older school guys will probably recognize the lead actor, mm-hmm. but you'll and some of the folks that are into boxing, they'll recognize some mm-hmm. of the even fighters that are up and coming. Or and so yeah. In fact, one of the fighters just recently died in a mm-hmm. car crash. It was all over the news. I was like, God, like, and he was in our film. Wow. Yeah. How many like? Do you use mostly fighters for the fight scenes or do you use you 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 I would think so. I mean unless uh, you go out and train as an actor because yeah. you want to look as close to look like you know how to fight. Yeah. You know, like Sylvester Stallone, he I mean, he did boxing, you know. Mm-hmm. At first I didn't think he ever took boxing at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> his form is different, you know. But uh-huh. I saw that he emulated like George Frazier. Mm. Um, 
uh, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about this film. Mm. Um, I think he's the, the quality, it looks, it looks good um, to see what it looks like when the editing's done. Mm. Cool. I mean, I'll definitely check it out. I'll link whatever you need me to link in the description. Let people Absolutely. know. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm going to be, just for all the uh, you listeners out there and yourself, I'm, I'm starting a podcast called The, the War. Mm. And it's just based on my book, uh, Limitless. One of the chapters is called The Roar. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, we talked about how there's, there's a thing inside of us and it wants to come out. And I think at a point we just want to roar mm. and we want to be loud. We want to be known. We want to share our talents. We want to yeah. show our talents. Uh, the problem is some of these, some of these uh, artists, just like anything else, mm-hmm. are afraid of how the world's going to perceive them. If they exactly. Come out, yeah. Am I going to look stupid? I'm going to feel stupid. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, I learned in my acting class, they said, man, you just got to let stupid come out. It was that simple, man. Yeah. I said, just let stupid come out and let it be natural because on camera, it's going to be funny. Yeah. And the more real you are, the funnier it is. <laughs> the more you try to act like you're funny, the cheesier mm. it is. So the, the best comedy is just be real. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like, even with me starting this podcast, I was thinking like, it's so easy to just say like, no, I I can't do it. You know, what are people going to think of me? What are people going to say to me? Like, it's so easy to make excuses, right? Right. Yeah. Well, man, I commend you for it, man. Stepping out because that, that, that takes guts. It does take, um, you know, who cares? I mean, they were never there to encourage you or, you know, they're not giving you that phone call. Hey, how you doing? How you yeah. been? Like, screw yeah. that. Like, you know, <laughs> go, do your, go do your thing. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. What mm-hmm. surprised me about in my class, I grew up being a, I remember I took remedial classes mm-hmm. and I did a book tour sign with Barnes and Noble for an entire year. Mm. And then I had, I was really surprised at some of my friends that had valedictorians and salutatorians in their school. Yeah. They were afraid to become an author because they were mm. afraid of how the world was going to perceive them or how, if the work was going to be cheesy or good, they were, mm. they were, they were afraid to even get started. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a valedictorian. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a remedial guy. Yeah. Like, you know, don't let that stop you. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you just do it. Don't think mm. about it. If you think too much about it, you're, you're, you're going to, you're pretty much convincing yourself not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're just living your life based on what other mm-hmm. people think and, you're not going to get far with that. And ex- exactly. Cause it's not everybody's controlling you. It's literally you're the ones controlling yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then no, man, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. You know, that's how we all learn. We learn from our mistakes and you just yeah. sharpen what, okay, what'd you do wrong and, and mm-hmm. learn from it and then try a different approach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up your book. This was a question I was going to ask is um, the difference between writing a book versus, you know, writing a movie. Can you kind of talk right. about that? Oh, no. Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, when I wrote my book, I write a, a rough draft. Mm. I write everything out that's coming out of my heart, everything that's, you know, I've been thinking and just, you know, um, contemplating on. And usually I let it out right then and there. I'll write it on some little pad or note because then I'll forget that moment, mm. you know. And so after that point, I hire an editor to help me, you know, edit the book, make sure it flows good. Mm-hmm. make sure the story line makes sense uh, a screenplay is totally different like i i i write the idea mm-hmm. and then i hire a screenplay writer like i the last movie this movie that i'm pitching yeah i had a guy move in with me for almost a year mm. wow so he can know me and see my personality mm-hmm. to write the screenplay 
close to how I envision it, how I'm yeah. seeing it, and how my life is, so that he could better understand like how to write the screenplay. Mm. And so when we went through it, man, I was like, dude, I, I, I'm actually like I'm in it. I feel like I live. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. When we did a, a read, a private reading, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was good. So I was really happy about it. <laughs> that is some real dedication right there. It does, man. You know, I, like I said, I had the guy live with me. You know, for mm-hmm. almost a year. So it's crazy. <laughs> so, but it was good. It was, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good journey. Because, yeah. You know, I, I. I I knew that I was moving forward mm-hmm. and him being there, I knew it was getting done. Yeah. You know, and, but he, he's a very creative writer. He's mm-hmm. very, he's very good. He's very imaginative. He, like he can capture like based on your personality, mm-hmm. you know, if he sees you on an everyday basis and, and he just sits back and watches mm-hmm. uh, your reactions and so, okay, okay. And he'll pitch this idea to you. Yeah. And then they said, okay, okay. You like that? You like that? Okay. You like mm-hmm. this? And he'll start riding away. So it's, it's much less of like a logical step-by-step thing versus being emotional and just letting it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and what I liked about the writer is that they ask questions. They ask mm. questions. You know, well, what do you feel? You know, what are your ideas? What is your relationship with your dad? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And so then he'll come up with three different ways to write. You know, my relationship with pops. Or what do you think right. about this? This confrontation you guys had. Yeah. And there was times where he wrote it in two, two. Um, too intense. I was like, oh, no. mm. <laughs> you know, we, we, this is just remember it's a holiday family yeah. com- comedy film. Mm-hmm. So we have to make it like where we're confronting each other right. but in a com- comedic way. Mm. You know, where it's real, but make it funny. Right, right, right. So I mean, it's the right. balance. The balance, yeah. Because I want it to be impactful. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be you know, impactful. So it's going to be like a dramedy, but it's not, not too much on the dr- dramatic side. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll let you know when it comes. When it's, uh, I'm just looking forward to once this market opens back up because my yeah. return attorney won't mm-hmm. release it because of, out of the fear or the thought that it would get stolen. Mm, okay. Because, yeah. So we're just gonna wait till they come out and say, "Hey, we need some content." Gotcha, gotcha. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the meantime, we have interested investors that are interested. There are interested in the project. So mm-hmm. if that comes first, then great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Great, we'll get going. Yeah, yeah. Because I know for my film, I want big names. Mm. It's gonna, so it's going to be a nice, decent budget. On, nice, on nice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any uh, tips for like aspiring uh, writers or producers? You know, how, how can they get their foot in the door? Man, you know, it's for writers, there are writing clubs. Like my one of my friends who's an attorney, Jake yeah. Gang. He's, uh, he goes to these writing groups where it's a, all these uh, screenplay writers get together every week i think it's every mondays uh so try to find a team or a group that you can you know if you're trying to sharpen your craft join mm-hmm. those groups uh and they're on facebook if you just look on facebook for groups writing groups mm-hmm. or screenplay writing groups you'll find them there um you can network like find if you're an actor find mm-hmm. um you know acting groups where they you know, there's directors producers that are looking for talent there mm-hmm. and they're just trying to get started and they're looking for talent that is also trying to get started because mm-hmm more than likely they're free because <laughs> they're just trying to get <laughs> yeah. they're, they're trying to get out there too you know? yeah so everyone just tries to get together and work as a team mm. so just go out there and look network network look network, for opportunities mm. absolutely because here's what's crazy you know when, when i was going to the american film market to learn the business mm-hmm. there was there would be guys sitting out on the on the lobby at lowe's hotel and they were just sitting there you know 
on their phone and I'm like, they're not talking to anybody. Yeah. And so why are you here? You spent $800 to come here. Yeah. Yes. And you're sitting there not talking to nobody. And they, and they asked me, these, and so I go talk to them. Yeah. But I talk to everybody. Mm. I'm a networking freak. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's just, it just comes natural for me. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are just shy out there, but yeah. you got to break out of that. If mm-hmm. you, this is something you want to do. You're going to have to network. Mm. You, you never know what kind of opportunities may arise. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just open up your mouth. I mean, some people treat you like they're just better than you than yeah. just next. Just <laughs> say next. That's yeah. what I say. Next, next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Don't talk to me then. Yeah. You, know? you can't let it get to you. I, I don't let it get to me. No, mm-hmm. no, I move on. It's like me going up to the plate playing for, for a ball. Mm-hmm. If I strike out and I let it fester yeah. and then I go back up to the plate, I'm going to strike out again. Mm. It's like, no, I let it go. I mm. learned to let it go. Yeah. Once I strike out, hey, okay, shake it off. You know, mm-hmm, tell yourself mm-hmm. if you want to hit the ball, you're going to hit the ball. And right, I go out right. There and I hit the ball. Right, mentality. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the mindset. So, I mean, writing, it's not even something like you don't necessarily have to go to college for. You can kind of learn no, on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's all about your creativity you know, and your passion and your desire yeah. to want to, to learn. Mm-hmm. You'll learn. Like I, when I got into video <laughs> editing, I learned yeah. by myself. I didn't go mm-hmm. to school for it. Yeah. I just, I just messed with it. Yeah. Well, how do you think these kids are doing it today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just watching a lot of videos and just messing yeah. with stuff. You know, how do you achieve a playing a video game? Mm-hmm. They just go in and just play it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Don't, don't think about it. Just do mm-hmm. it. And if you think about it, then at least just, just do it. Mm-hmm. Either way, just do it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's good advice. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. But look, uh, thanks so much for having me on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Thanks for it. being here. Really appreciate uh, it. Absolutely, Max. And you're doing a great thing, brother. Thank you. Keep thank you. Going. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it, man. Sir. All right. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's a good place to end this right now. That's about all the time we have. Um, Pablo, like I said, really appreciate it. Um, all the things you want to plug, you can send to me. I'll link those in the description. You know, people okay. can check them out. Um Cool. So yeah, thanks guys for watching, you know, like comment, subscribe. If you have any ideas, if you want to come on the show, let me know. Thanks for watching guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks Pablo. Yes, sir. Thank you.